Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we are so glad you're joining us today. And we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Amber? Doing well? Ready to talk about leadership? Let's do it. All right. Well, we've titled this episode, Leaders Fail More. And I don't like failure, as you know. (laughs) And you told me to tell a story about failing. And man, you know, I really wanted to try to avoid this story, but it was the first thing that popped into my mind. So I'm going to take you back to my freshman year in high school. When I, yeah, when (laughs) I, like every other girl, whether they want to admit it or not, really kind of wants to be a cheerleader. And so (laughs) I decided I had some of my friends that were on, you know, my older friends, they were on the cheerleading squad. And so I thought, you know, I've never done cheer before. I wasn't one of those ones that like started Pop Warner cheer at like five. It's just like, (laughs) hey, I'm going to give this a shot. And so I practiced and practiced and I worked with some of my cheerleading friends and was all excited. And, you know, tryout day comes and you're nervous, but, you know, you've, you've worked really hard. And so I go through tryouts and I felt pretty good about it. And then I find out that I didn't make the squad, which, you know, was a huge bummer. And, you know, you feel all embarrassed and stuff. But get this, the reason they gave me as to why I didn't make it was they said I wasn't loud enough. (laughs) If they could only see you now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Is there anyone that would say I wasn't loud enough? So I knew right away. Zero people that that I know. (laughs) You are plenty loud, Amber. (laughs) Plenty. I I affirm that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So obviously anyone who knows me knows that was not the real reason. And man, you could just spend forever racking your brain of what's the real reason, you know, was my ponytail not high enough or, you know, (laughs) am I really just that awkward, which honestly is probably the case. But, you know, you, you, if you don't really know, then you spend all this time like, oh man, I feel like a failure. Why did I fail? And then you, you know, it makes you not want to try again. And now Mm. I never did go out for cheerleading again. Wasn't really my true passion, but There's lots of things in life that you have to try for the first time. And it makes you really stop and wonder, like, what do I have to do to not fail again, to not fail next time? And so today we're going to talk about that. And, you know, you're going to give us three actions that leaders really need to engage in in order to embrace failure. And you talk a lot about embracing failure. Actually, sometimes you even say love failure. And and I hate (laughs) that. I hate it because no one really loves it. Right. But (laughs) it's part of leadership. And so what what is it that we need to do? So why don't you tell us what's the first action that leaders must take in order to embrace the inevitable, which is failure? Right. Well, as a, you know, kind of a precursor to that, I think our leaders out there need to understand that you can do a couple of things. Um, you can use your actions, you know, the in life to to inspire others 
or discourage others. I mean, that's really what we're doing as leaders. We're, we are influencing people. The question is, are you helping them go up? Or are you helping them or not helping them, meaning uh, uh, helping them go down? And so you are an influencer. So remember that. And so failure is a huge part of what, what you do as a leader. And so the first point is this, to get right into it. Leaders must stay visible. I don't care when, when the going gets tough, leaders are, you're, you're there, you're out in front. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in front all the time physically. In fact, if I were to, you know, take war as an example, you wouldn't always put the general out front, right? Because you need to make sure that he or she is able to do what a general does, which is not necessarily being on the front lines, but you have to be visible. And so depending on a battle and, and, back even into history, sometimes um, the, the the general would kind of be out there in front and sometimes they wouldn't. But what are the circumstances that you have as a leader? Because you have to be visible. And so when I talk about visibility a lot with leaders, um, it, it, when you're not talking about that, that being physically visible, um, your people do need to know that you're on the radar. You can't go AWOL, meaning absent without leave, right? <laughs> As a leader, you have to always be present. You always have to be visible. You always have to be in the mind of your people because they need to know that you're there behind them, helping them. They need to know and use you as a guide for what needs to be accomplished. And, and, and you're not more important than anybody else on the team, but the role that you play is very particular as the leader. You're the only one who can play that role. That's why you were either brought onto the team or that's why the people that have kind of elevated you to that position have you there because they want to make sure that, that they're following the right person. So how do you make sure that you do that, right? I mean, that, that's really the question. And I know this is going to be a shock to you, but it's all about building relationships and getting ready for what's to come. Because as a leader, you are there to kind of live in the uncertainty. You're there so that when things arise that nobody had on the radar, that you're ready for that. And there's a reason why there's a famous uh, saying called the calm before the storm. <laughs> I always think to myself, if things seem to be going pretty well, then evidently something is going to pretty much creep up. And we're going to have to deal with that. It might be something big. It might be something small. But, you know, if things are, are, are too, too calm, then there's some kind of storm that's coming. And so I talked to a lot of like business management type people who seem to struggle with this. And it always comes down to the same thing. I asked them uh, much of the time, you know, hey, what kind of time are you spending with your people? And inevitably, they, they say that, well, they're not really spending time with the subordinates. I mean, we, I kind of see them, but it's really just to give them instructions and let them know what we need to get done. And of course, being clear and helping your people understand what they need to do, that's important. But you have to be visible more than just popping in and telling people what to do. And so your main job as a leader is to build relationships and add value to others. So if you're not visible with your people on a regular basis, then you're already setting yourself up for failure. So well, the question well, can is... I, can I ask you, can sure. I ask you about that? Because... You know, I've worked in offices where I had about three hours worth of work to do that I had to stretch out to an eight hour <laughs> work day, you know. So there's lots of time around the water cooler or, you know, I'd stop at every office and cubicle on the way to the bathroom. And, you know, there's time <laughs> right, yeah. for that. But what do you say to somebody who works in a really, you know, fast paced environment or if they're maybe in customer service where you're supposed to be, quote unquote, on the whole time, focusing on clients and there's not really that um co-worker interaction like how does somebody spend the time 
when there's kind of like not time? How do you do that? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you kind of just made the point, right? It, it, whatever you're doing, your job is to engage with people. And so if you're a customer service rep, I, I love talking to customer service reps because I like to see how they're going to handle me as a customer. And I always kind of, you know, like look to see and, and think, man, what kind of training did they have? And so if you're kind of the, the manager of, of people who do customer service, for instance, you need to really make sure that your people are ready. If you are in that actual uh, if you're in that actual position, then your job every day, I mean, you're, you're in a constant practice field that that's like the, that, that's the coolest. And so like, we're all in, we're all in a digital world now, right? I mean, we do all these zoom calls and, and phone calls and we don't, we're seeing people less and less in person. I mean, it's becoming increasingly more difficult because it's really made life faster now, hasn't it? <laughs> and chances are your, your company doesn't have a concrete program, right? To help you engage with people, whether it's uh, the, the people that you are, if you're like a customer rep, or if you are somebody who is managing other people, they, they I'm guessing don't have some kind of program that you are in. And if, and if it was, it was a program real quick. And then it was like, all right, you're trained, go do it. Right. And so if you're with one of these companies, for instance, uh, with what, one of these larger companies that I talked to, it gets more and more difficult because the, the leadership is more and more the management team is is further away from what's actually what's actually happening happening but take smaller companies for example right I mean if you're in a smaller company you have to take it upon yourself to build your team you're probably not going to have these huge programs right and so this regular engagement with people is going to help you in your people skills and as one of my mentors tells me all the time mo that's why they call it people skills because you can get better at it it's not well, you're born with this this amount of talent and that's all you got. It's like, no, you got to get better at it. So if you are a leader out there, if people are looking to you, then it's it's important for you to really ride that fine line because you don't necessarily need to be best friends with the people on your team, right? I mean, our coworkers are our coworkers. We might love some of them. We might hate some of them. And everybody else is probably kind of right in the middle, right? And so how do you engage with people on a daily basis? I mean, the world is your practice field, right? Right. When you go out there, you need to be making yourself better every day so that when you're called to lead, you're ready to go. And you know what? You are going to fail. But that's why leaders, you've got to set boundaries. You have to be able to create those boundaries with your people. You have to be able to care for your people. You have to help them get better in the process. And you can't do that unless you're engaging with them on a personal level. Yeah, I, I remember the first time you actually attended a meeting I was running with my leaders and it was kind of an after hours meeting at a restaurant and the meeting's over and we all head outside and I'm thinking it's way past my bedtime. The meeting's done. It's time for me to go. And you actually said, no, you need to stay and hang out. Like you, you actually said, this is the relationship gold right here. And just to the, the, after the meeting, meeting of hanging out. And, you know, when, when I realized how important that time was, it wasn't official, it wasn't about business, but man, it was just about kind of shooting the breeze and that built a, built a lot of unity in the team. It really did. And you know what, the more you did that, Amber, you actually got really good at it and and you learned to love that part, right? It was the meeting after the meeting. And then you would get done with your people and then we would stand in the parking lot for another two hours. And then we would kind of go over and I'd say, well, you know, how do things go? And you were just like, man, am I ever going to get to sleep? And leaders, no, you're never going to sleep. <laughs> so what is it? What are you doing to get better at your, at, at your personal skills? What are you doing with your people that, that is working and what do you need to work on? 
Because if you were to ask your team to be honest with you about what you need to change regarding your visibility with them, I'll bet you that they have two or three things at least that you need to get better. So leaders, really take that time and, and kind of assess yourself. How visible am I with my team? Does my team know that I'm there? Not Again, not just physically, but are, are you there? Do you call them? Do you text them or whatever? Whatever those boundaries are for you, do you stay within those boundaries? Do the boundaries need to get wider? Do the boundaries get to, need to get more narrow for you? Because I can tell you when you learn visibility, it's going to help you in that process because when the failure comes and your, your people are there, they're going to see you and they're going to say, well, no, my leader's always been there with me. And it's not just because things are going bad. It's, well, I always see him. I always see her. And then it's going to help that get through that failure a little bit easier. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but it will be a little bit easier. Yeah, that's really helpful. Okay. So the first thing is, is leaders must stay visible. What's the second action leaders must take? Yeah, the second is this. Leaders must stay positive. And I'm telling you, if you have one arrow in your quiver, this is the one. And I'm not su suggesting that you have to live in a fantasy world or that you have to be uh, Pollyanna and have that kind of outlook. But what I am saying is that your team needs to have a reason to follow you. And if they don't have any reason at all, if you are positive, that's a reason. That's a great, that's a great baseline to give your people. Nobody likes somebody negative, right? I mean, think about Eeyore. I I'm a big Winnie the Pooh fan. And what does Eeyore, Eeyore always say? Looks like rain today. <laughs> and and I, I love it because it's just so funny. We all know those kind of people in life. And if you don't know that person, it might be you. So <laughs> the question is, if I were to ask your team what kind of outlook you have most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, what would it be? You know, it's okay for other people on, on your team to get down and negative because they're not the leader. It, but if you as the leader get into that negativity and allow them to continually be negative, then that's when everything really goes south. Yeah. And it, sometimes it's just, man, sometimes you want to be positive, but the situation really does appear to be dire. And so what, what advice do you have for someone where it's like, I, I, I'm in a situation where I can't see the positivity. We're not, we're not asking them to fake it, but how do they have a positive outlook when it really doesn't appear like there is one? Yeah, there's a lot of ingredients, right? We talk about ingredients, right? It's like making a stew. And one of those ingredients that you have to have as a leader is you need to have self-confidence. I mean, you have to, if you want to lead, you've got to have self-confidence, not arrogance, but you have to have the kind of confidence that you can get the job done. And so um, if, if you get into the ring uh, with, with, with a boxer, right? We, we see boxing all the time. Um, you know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be, you know, really uh, believing in yourself because you're going to get in a fight with somebody else, right? And that's my favorite part of boxing is the weigh-in where they, they go and they stand kind of like head to head and face to face. And I'm like, man, I just love how they, they stare each other down. And you're looking into the, to the eyes of that other, at that other person. And you're thinking, man, I, I know I can beat this person. And it's so cool. So what are the things that you're afraid of right now? What are the things that you don't want to stand face to face with as a leader? Because I know there are those things. What are the boogeymen <laughs> that you have to face up to, to feel self-confident? Because again, it's not about, you know, it, that you don't want to have the losses. The losses are going to come. Failure is going to be there. But when that failure happens, because it's part of the process, there's that word again, right? It's part of the process. You need to be able to keep going when you don't want to go anymore. When everybody else wants to go home and wants to give up, you want to crawl into bed, put the blanket over your head. You need to be the one as a leader that is able to have the self-confidence enough to say, hey, no, we're going to get through this. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. We're going to get back up, right? So 
Think back to any movie or any book that, that you've read with, with, with a hero in it, right? There's always a spot in the journey where they look at themselves in the mirror and they have to decide, am I going to go forward or am I not? And for leaders, this can really be scary because there are a lot of people that are, are expecting you to do your very best. Now, now they, they're willing to live in their own failures, but they're looking at you as a leader and they're saying, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> and you have to be the one that gets up on the rainy day. You need to be the, the one who gets up when it's cold and, and there's wet conditions, uh, either literally or figure, figuratively, and you need to be able to get the job done. And that's why leaders are always looking for potential negative pieces of the puzzle so that they can get ready to be positive through those trials. Leaders, you're about getting the job done. You're about bringing people alongside you to be positive with you. And if you want to help your team, if you need to identify the stuff that they can't see because those unseen obstacles are going to hinder growth and ultimately it's going to mess up the win for your team. And then you're going to experience even more, even more losses. And that's really just going to bring everybody on your team down. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that you say, you know, you want to look for the negative things so that you can find the positive outcome. And sometimes people want to avoid looking for the negative, believing that that's being positive, but it's really so important to, I guess it goes back to not pretending. We're not pretending that there aren't obstacles. Like there really are some real obstacles, but wouldn't you say the people that you work with and you help walk through these kinds of situations, wouldn't you say that it's oftentimes the fear or the perspective of the obstacle that hinders them more than the actual obstacle itself? It really is. And most of our fears, right, they, they never really even come to fruition. And I even take a guy like Michael Jordan, right? I, one of my favorite commercials when I was a kid is the one where Michael Jordan uh, is out. I think I think if I remember correctly, he's out kind of shooting baskets and it's him talking in the background to himself. And he's pretty much talking about all his failures, how many games he's lost and and how many game winning shots he's he's missed and and all the things that he screwed up. And then he says at the end, that's why I'm a champion. And I think to myself, wow. He, he knew those obstacles were there, but in spite of those obstacles, he knew that he had to go forward. And again, if you re, if you watch this documentary, I know I talk about the documentary a lot, but I mean, you've got to see it because it really talks about, he knew there were obstacles and he knew he was going to have to face them. But knowing that he went forward and he said, I've got to be positive because I know throughout the failures, it's going to take more failures to get that win. Yeah, that's really good. So Mo, we know that leaders must stay visible, that leaders must stay positive. So what is our third and final action today that leaders must do? The third action is this. Leaders must stay honest. Remember, I said it's not about being Pollyanna, right? And so now 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 that I've I've pumped you up and real and you realize now I can face failure, I can be like Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> now, now that you know that you have to be able to stay honest with yourself, right? Because, you know, no matter how hard you're bleeding, right, when, when, when you're getting down, you need to be able to, 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 to get up, wipe the blood off and say, man, we got to finish the job. And sometimes that takes some honesty because if things aren't going really well, and if you're in a company right now that's hurting, you can't just say, hey, everything's great if it's not, right? I mean, you, you've got to be honest with, with yourself. And so with that being said, I, I need to be really clear about this. It's important for you as the leader to exude that self-confidence, but it has to be in a qualified manner, meaning this, you should have enough experience so that when failures, you know, come, come along, 
you can see them, you can identify them, and then you can effectively lead your team. And this is where a lot of leaders get tripped up. They think that, they, that, that they've done the work in order to be successful and that they put their team in the best position to be successful, but then they start thinking about all these different things and then they're, they're thinking to themselves, oh, wh what do I do now, right? <laughs> and so the, 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 there's, there's this principle and it's called the Peter Principle, and it says this. Um, it, it, so in any organization, we can figure by the Peter principle that we're going to rise to the level of incompetence, <laughs> meaning that, you know, we're, you, you may have worked in, in a company, for instance, in a, in a position, you might've been in sales, for instance, but just because you're the best salesperson on the team doesn't mean that you're going to inevitably, right. Get, get a promotion. And then one day you're going to be leading all the salespeople. Well, does being the best salesperson make you the best leader? Well, not necessarily. And so you need to be as a leader, if you want, if you want to be good, being able to understand and be honest with yourself on what you need to do better, what new skills you need to add to your quiver. And so what, what I always tell people is, you know, eventually, you know, you're going to have people underneath you, right? It, you're going to be called on to lead sometime in life. You just need to be ready when, when that comes and you need to be honest with yourself can I do that? And, and our hope here is that you can do that. So when it comes down to it, here's the question. Are you willing to be unwavering in your quest to become the best? And then after that, are you willing to become the best leader? Because as uh, we read in Good to Great, right, by uh, Jim Collins, you know, he says that, you know, it, you can't just be good. You've got to get to the next level and be great, right? It's like the, the old Hertz rent-a-car industry. Uh, what do they say? Uh, Hertz where good enough isn't. I love that <laughs> because I want to be great and I want the people that listen to us to be great. You know, some people in the world have more natural assured, you know, assuredness, if, if I can call it that, um, and, and they're going to excel in whatever capacity. Um, but you might be on the other end. You might say, Mo, I, I'm, not nat I, I, I'm not naturally self-confident. Um, well, good. Now you're being honest with yourself. How can you get better at what you're doing? Are you willing to do the hard work? Are you willing to do that now? Because if you're willing to put the time in to be better at influencing people and you can be honest with yourself and say, this is where I need to get better, then you're going to end up being a great leader, not just a good leader. But if you don't, I'll tell you this, two things are going to happen and both are bad. You're either going to get fired. <laughs> there it is, right, Amber? I always, yeah. I always, I always preface that. <laughs> Two things are going to happen, and they're both bad, right? The first is this. You, you, you'll get fired, right, because you're going to be outed for not being able to lead people when you're asked to. Or the second thing is you're actually going to keep your job and do people into thinking that you are a good leader, which is even worse because now you're influencing people with horrible influence intentions. You're just going to be like, well, I guess I'm the leader now, right? <laughs> that's not good. You want to be able to do what is important. And so is that, is that harsh? Yeah, probably a little bit. And, and I'm not uh, one that's known to not be harsh, right, Amber? And so, <laughs> you know, what, what I really, I really believe is this, everything rises and falls on leadership. And if that's the case, then success for your people as individuals and together as a team has everything to do with your ability as a leader to shape the future for everybody that, that you have influence on. So you need to make the right decisions and you need to help them make the right decisions because then the company's going to succeed and everybody's going to win and you're going to experience less of those failures, but you have to embrace the failures on the way so that you can get to the place where you're experiencing more wins than losses. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, you know, Jim Collins even goes on to say, you know, makes a statement that I think is really strong. It says that good is the enemy 
of great. Yes. And man, like, you know, and this is paraphrasing, but he just goes on to ask or makes the point like we have good schools because or we don't have great schools because we decided that good schools are enough or we don't have great businesses because we decided good businesses were enough. And he even says, you know, a lot of people aren't even living great lives because they decided a good life was good enough. And I just thought, man, that is so true. But what what do you think it is that makes people decide to settle for good when only a few people are willing to go for the great? Yeah, that, that one's an easy one for me. And that's because they don't have good leadership above them. If people have good leadership above them, then they are going to be pushed to be better. Uh, ask any of my student athletes. I am not okay with them settling for the good. I want them to be great the way that they can be great. I want them to do their very best. That's the win. And if they experience losses, that's my fault as a coach. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm in a business and I've got people underneath me, if my people fail, it's because I have not put the time in to help them because your people are good enough. They just need to be pushed to the point where they know that they can not just be good, but they can be great. And I'm telling you, it can happen. And when you take that stance and say, I'm not going to be good anymore. I'm going to be great. It will change and rock your world. Well, and, and that's why Rising Tide really exists, is that if you don't know what the work is that you need to do or where to start, then we can come alongside and, and help with that process so that you maybe you're in a position where you don't have leadership above you that's helping you, but we can help get you to the place where you you are never the leader that can't help those that you're trying to lead. And so I'd encourage you, if, if that's something that you think would be helpful to you, reach out to us, you know, sign up for one of our free mini sessions um, to just get some clarity and direction on what work needs to be done and how you can get started. Well, Mo, before we wrap up with this episode, do you have any final thoughts for us today? Yeah, just one. And, and it's this, this, this is the bottom line. You have to be willing to fail. I mean, that's it. If you're willing to put yourself out there and you're okay with being the person that is going to say, I'm not going to get it right every time, but I'm going to do my very best and I'm not going to be comfortable, then you're going to make a change. And that's when people are going to look at you and say, man, he's not afraid to, to, to put himself out there. She's not afraid to put herself out there. I really want to follow this person. It's your job to be the one out front, it, whether in, in, in a physical or theoretical uh, fashion. And you have to be the one to rally the troops, right? You need to be the one that lets people know they can do it. And you're right. I love yelling at people <laughs> because I know that they're better than, than usually than, than they're, than they're giving. And I know that, that you can be better. And so leaders, if you want to make that happen, you need to be ready to step out of your comfort zone. You need to be ready to screw it up a time or two, or probably a thousand like, like Michael Jordan says, right? But when you do that, you're going to not just be a good leader. You're going to be a great leader. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you everybody for joining us again. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.